Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen, where we will be discussing many controversial topics in the Christian church, some of which are gay marriage, abortion, women, worship music, spiritual gifts, baptism, circumcision, tattoos, alcohol, etc. So today we'll be talking about alcohol and the Christian. And a lot of people understand or, or know that Jesus's first miracle when he was about 30 years old was turning water into wine at the wedding feast. So in John chapter 2, what had happened was uh, they ran out of wine, which was a horrible thing for the wedding party. Back then, it was expected that they would have alcohol as long as uh, the party went on. And so it made the family look bad. The mother of Jesus told the servants basically to do whatever Jesus said because she knew that he could fix this problem. Jesus tried to tell her, hey, it's not my time yet. And she asked him to take care of it anyways. So he did. He had them fill these huge, I'm, I'm guessing it was like 30-gallon pots. I, I don't know the size of them, but they had to fill several uh, pots full of water from the well. So he told them to take this water and present it as a drink to the feast goer. There was a man that was basically in charge of it. It it's, calls him the ruler of the feast. And I'll read the, a couple quick verses to you here. John 2, verse 9, 10, and 11 when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know what it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said, every man at the beginning sets forth the good wine. And when men have drunk, then they bring out that which is worse. But you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee. So not only was it wine, but it was better than the wine, the good wine that was brought forth at the beginning. So it's very interesting. Uh, you look up the word wine in Greek. Uh, the word is oinos, which the definition of that is a fermented wine, which means it was alcoholic. It wasn't grape juice. It was ferment. For the ruler of the feast to call it the better wine, the good wine, that is a very high standard considering the good wine had already been brought out at the beginning. You cannot argue that this was just grape juice and you cannot argue that wine or alcohol is a sin or Jesus would not have done this particular miracle because then he's encouraging people to sin if, if that is a sin to drink wine. Keep that in mind in that first miracle there. And then let's look at a couple of quick Bible verses uh, alcohol that prove alcohol is not a sin, but being drunk with it is. Proverbs 20 verse 1 says, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Be cautious. There's tons of verses like this that talk about being careful, not being deceived by the alcohol, not being taken in with it, not being filled with alcohol. All right. So 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drink drunkard, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. It doesn't say drinkers of alcohol. It says those who are drunkards shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Romans 13, 13 says, let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness. Again, drunkenness is the sin. 1 Timothy 3.8 says, Likewise must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre. Deacons in the church, if you don't understand the hierarchy of some of the Christian churches, it's usually the pastor 
and then he subordinates deacons to do other jobs. And then underneath the deacons, you'll have the volunteers, the teachers and such like that um, who take care of individual tasks. But the deacons are basically the elders of the church, the people you're to look up to who are supposed to be godly people doing the right thing. And this Bible verse says, not given to much wine. That's kind of the understanding that the, de- or that is an understanding that the deacons will drink alcohol, but they shouldn't drink too much. Ephesians 5.18 says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. Again, the idea of drunkenness is excessive, meaning there is a certain limit that is allowed, but it can become excessive. And the point is, we should be filled with the Spirit and do what the Spirit wants us to do, not be blackout drunk and doing crazy things that the wine or the alcohol is making us do. Many verses strongly caution against drinking. However, taken as a whole, the Bible clearly does not teach that alcohol is a sin, or you wouldn't have these verses, and Jesus would not have done that as his first miracle. Now, here's something interesting that most people don't know. When you get into the church, they don't teach this very often. The Bible actually advocates for the use of alcohol. It actually suggests or tells people to drink, and people don't want to go into this. So we'll cover there's four reasons, basically, that the Bible talks about this. One is for medicinal purposes. 1 Timothy 5.23 says, Drink no longer water. But use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your often infirmities. The same exact word for wine is used as the one that was used in Jesus' first miracle at that wedding feast. It is a strong and a good fermented wine. Here's another one that people don't aren't aware of is you should take alcohol simply because you like it. Ecclesiastes 9.7 says, Go your way, eat your bread with joy. And drink your wine with a merry heart, for God now accepteth thy works. So we can drink wine just for joyful occasions, which really makes sense when it comes to Jesus' first miracle again, a wedding, a joyful occasion. Psalm 104, verse 14 and 15 says, He causes the grass to grow for the cattle, an herb for the service of man, that he may bring forth food out of the earth, and wine that maketh glad the heart of man and oil to make his face to shine, and bread which strengthens man's heart. So again, drink wine because it makes you happy, to make glad the heart of man. So again, for joyous joyous occasions, there is nothing wrong with drinking alcohol as a celebration. Here's a very good one in Proverbs 31.4 that is a caution. Do not drink alcohol when you have important decisions to make. Proverbs 31.4 says, It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for the princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. So when you are judging, when you are making an important decision, and specifically in this case, people in power, making judgments of someone who has been afflicted or hurt or wronged by someone else, Do not drink when you are doing that because it could change your judgment. So that's important. It is an understanding that you'll be drinking, but there are certain times when you should not. The last one where the Bible actually, and I kind of threw in that uh, kings and, and princes not drinking in the middle of this, but the third reason 
that the Bible advocates for drinking is when you're on your deathbed. And then also when you are depressed. Proverbs 31.6 says, Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. So this is twofold in one verse. So this is why I said there's four reasons. The first reason you should drink is for medicinal purposes, a little wine for your stomach's sake and other infirmities. Because it you like it and it brings joy sometimes on occasion, uh, if you're at a wedding, uh, feast times, things like that. And then on your deathbed, give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish. And potentially, if you are of heavy hearts or depressed, not saying that if you're in a deep depression that you should take alcohol, but if you're having a bad day, you're of heavy heart because of things that have happened, there's nothing wrong with taking a glass of wine or a shot of alcohol, whiskey, or whatever fermented beverage you decide to use. It is not, keep in mind, it is not saying that you can do that all the time and get deeper into depression and to become a drunkard, etc. So the important thing to remember in regards to this is moderation in all things. So I'd like to follow up on Thursday with the rest of this because there's actually a very good warning to people about drinking that we need to go a little bit deeper into. So keep in mind moderation in all things from Philippians 4, 5 says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Very important that you don't do it in excess, but drinking alcoholic beverages is not a sin. And with that, uh, we'll go ahead and finish up today, but I would definitely welcome your comments and questions. You can email me at angrypatriot42 at yahoo.com. I would love to uh, do a podcast just to cover any questions that you may have. So we'll continue Thursday with alcohol and the Christian and you have a great day.